Hi, this is Stay, and I am your host, Takesha August. On this podcast, you'll hear conversations and content dedicated to trust, love, and honoring our intuition from birth to motherhood, from work to womanhood. Collectively, we will be cultivating peace, joy, confidence, and community, the foundational elements of thriving in a well-lived life, and sharing some laughter along the way. Here's to new patterns, healed hearts, and becoming the masters of our own self-preservation. You are invited to stay with your heart, with your body, and with me. Hello, friends, and welcome to Stay. This is Takesha, and I have the pleasure of speaking to one of my, uh, I feel like I say everyone is my friend, but this woman is really one of my friends and someone that I really admire in the wellness yoga business space. And she's done some really phenomenal things in the last couple of years where For some of us, it's been a bleak time, and for some of us, this has been a a time full of harvest, and I'm so happy to uh, be able to witness her in a harvest season during um, a time that is so, so wrought with uncertainty. So, um, Sharia Oliver is a wife of 19 years, a mom of three gorgeous daughters, a yogi, the co-owner of 1126 Yoga Studio here in my region of Virginia, a co-creator of Soul Inspired Sessions, also known as SIS. She's also a congressional staffer, a community leader, um, where she is really paving the way for women of color in our community in the wellness industry. And she's also done some really fun things in fitness over the last several years that I hope we really kind of dip into. Um, That was one thing that I really geeked out when I met her. I was like, wait a minute, you were uh, a fit, like not a fitness model, but a physique. Was it a physique competitor? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, (laughs) she's fancy. Okay. Basically, um, her motto is love God and love people. And I just can't wait for you all to meet her as well. Welcome, Sharia. I'm so thank happy you, to have you. you. Thank you, Takesha. It is so amazing to be here. I'm super excited. I can't stop smiling. Um, I'm really excited about the opportunity to just have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, and see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one of the, what she and I were talking about before I hit record, but one of the things that is, so interesting about this time. I haven't seen a lot of my local friends in person in a couple of years. And so when I see people on screen, I'm like, oh my gosh, let's catch up and let's hear. So we're kind of like downloading all these things. And what have you been doing? And what's happening? Um, And so like my face is also full of joy and smiles and the muscles in my cheeks are hurting because it just feels so good to connect um, with a sister friend again. I think the last time we were really together, we went to... um, DC for, yeah, for the, yeah. the dork tour, um, uh, with Sana what's her name? Sana Jamin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, lady dork on Instagram. Um, and then like the world exploded, so. <laughs> 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 which 
which is funny, but not funny. We laugh to keep from crying. Um, so yeah, Sharia, tell us and tell my listener what um, what you've been up to in these last couple of years, um, your yoga studio, even your plant babies. Like if y'all don't know how to grow plants, I've, I've learned a lot from her even with that. So tell, tell people who you are um, and, and what brought you to this, this path of being a studio owner and a congressional staffer and all, all these magnificent yeah. boxes that you're ticking right now. There's a whole bunch of boxes and a whole lot in that question. Uh, let's see. So since COVID, um, I, I think that was a great time for me to do, you know, I started with my, my yoga journey, self-exploration, but it wasn't really until COVID where you're sitting at the in hell, you know, at home and you're like, Hmm, what do I do with all this free time? I've already cleaned my closet. I've already organized like what now? Um, and so I was teaching at a couple different studios in the area, um, and all of the studios had closed down. And then a friend of mine and I started teaching, a couple Zoom classes online just to keep the practice going. Um, and then opportunities started opening. Um, you know, I started saying no to things that were pulling energy away from me and saying yes to opportunities that I would have otherwise shied away from because of fear of failure or, or you know, just making a fool of myself. And so each time an opportunity presented itself to me, I said yes. And so what that looked like was um, a friend opened a yoga studio in 2020, so definitely at the high of COVID. And so that gave me the insight of what it would look like to own a studio. Um, I didn't do the portion of opening with construction and vendors, but I did for all the administrative sides of it. And then in 2021, I stepped away from that and started focusing more on home. Um, and then... My husband and I went to celebrate his 40th birthday, 40 plus one. Uh, last May, we went to Hawaii. And when I stepped off the plane from Hawaii, we're standing waiting for our shuttle. And I got a phone call from a really great friend of ours. And he said, hey, Sharia, me and Tasha are thinking about opening the studio. We want to meet with you. And I said, hello. And he was like, we want to meet with you. And I said, OK. So that was on a Tuesday. We met that Thursday. This was in May. Like I said, May of last year. And then after that meeting, things just kind of took off. And to step back a week before then, I had applied for, because I work full-time for the Department of Veterans Affairs as a project manager. And um, I'm always looking for opportunity to learn, to grow, to you know try new things. And so I saw this opportunity to work on the Hill for a year. And I said, mm, I'm going to apply for it. And so it came out, uh, the deadline to have my application turned in was July 31st. It came out May 15th. May 18th, I turned my application back in. So I had already reached out to some people. They wrote like these glowing uh, letter, letters of recommendation. And then that was it. Like I totally just forgot about the application process when the studio came on. So last year we went full force opening up the studio. We had some hiccups with like permitting. Um, and then like me being the pro program manager that I am, I was just like, we have to hit these milestones. And then that was a growing process in itself for me because I had to re I had to realize that I, I didn't have everything in control. Like I could not control when the permit got signed. I couldn't control because of COVID when a door was going to arrive. Right. So we're waiting for this door to come in. Two months later, it's still on hold. And so like these were all we all like small, small growing uh, victories for myself to be a little bit more patient. 
Um, anyway, we opened in November and then September I had an interview for the Congressional Fellowship and I was like, oh yeah, I did apply for that. And then October I had a second interview and they, and then I got a letter saying that I got accepted into the program, which then was I anxiety for me. Like we just opened the studio. Now I'm not going to be here. What is that going to look like? Do I have to go up there every day? And so, you know, throughout everything that's happened, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last few years, the thing that I keep falling back on is God's providence. Mm. Like from the people that I've met to the opportunities that have presented themselves with me. And so what I had to tell myself after the, the initial thought of getting accepted passed, I said, he's brought me here. He's, you know, carried me through these different areas in my life that I felt were really hard and trying. And so I feel like the same thing would happen. And so I got an amazing office. The people that I work with are great. I only go up there when Congress is in session. And when it's not, they say, Sharia, work from home. You have a family. It's a long commute. And so that offers the balance that I need to make sure that I'm also present at the studio. Um, so that, that's been me over the last three years summed up in like 10 minutes. Um, yeah. But it's been amazing. I, okay. So rewind a bit. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're, in, you're in Hawaii and you get oh. this call. So, you know, it's not uncommon, right? To just like have conversations with people about like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, or we're talking about doing this thing, but like you all, you all actually followed through with it. Like you got a call on Tuesday, you're meeting on Thursday, you got a call like in a beautiful place in Hawaii, which is very far from Virginia. Um, and I, I just, I think I'm just amazed at the trajectory and the follow through and yes. the focus. And I'm really curious during a time where so much is like uncertain, like what is happening and you've got kids that are in school and they're home and then you're like so many, th how did you know within yourself what was a yes and what was and what may have been a no? Because you talked about like saying no to the things that weren't serving you. Yeah. So during a time where like your nervous system may have been really uncertain to begin with, mm -hmm. how did mm -hmm. you know what your yes was? So I knew what my yes was because of how I felt. Like it brought me joy. Like I just I it it took my imagination beyond what was right there. Like I could see it. And like I I when I had previously felt that joy, that feeling, oh, this could be amazing. My my automatic response was, no, I can't do that. I'm going to fail. Like, look at all these different things I have to do. But I flipped it last year. And so when I felt that, I immediately allowed myself to say yes. I took away the power for myself to overthink it and just put that yes in the front of me. And then for the things that, you know, I started to say no to, which, you know, um, time, our time is a way of giving as well, right? So people think, you know, monetarily you're giving, but like your time, yourself, your energy, that's also stuff that you have to give as well. And I realized um, that there were some things that I was doing that was just continuously leaving me feeling drained and um, starting to feel resentment. And so when that started to happen, I realized that in order for me to enjoy even a part of serving, I need to serve in the areas that I can intentionally be there. You know what I mean? Like I can't say yes to all 10 of these, but this one right here I feel is where I want to be. So I'm going to put all my energy into that one. Yes. Um, so I had to really just say, am I saying yes to people please? 
or am I saying yes because it's something that I feel like I'm going to give 100% of myself to? That's that's so good. So what comes to mind for me when I when I'm listening to you even even with that is wow, so what about the logistics of like the rest of your life? Because I mean, you're you're already quote unquote busy. I mean, children yeah. in and of itself, and you have more than one. Like you've got three, and they're all girls. And granted, they're old enough to, you know, dress themselves and that sort of thing. Um, but you also have a husband and a household and plant babies. And how did you not feel like overwhelmed or or feel pulled in a lot of different directions trying something brand new? Like you had never opened a yoga studio before and may not have known yeah. like all the steps that go into that. And you talked about like all the uncertainties with delays and yes. orders and all of that. And yeah, you know, I, I was following your journey on Instagram when you all were like demoing and I'm like, oh my God, they're having so much fun. Like I just want to smash something that looks right. so amazing. Um, but I can only imagine like the like the uncertainty or the anxiety and then you're doing it with other people. So it wasn't just you. Yeah. Like was there was there any time where you had to um have difficult conversations with your now like co-owner and uh or like with your husband, like was your family able to support you or did you kind of feel pulled and like I've got to show up for them because they expect me or I've got to be here at the studio and now I'm saying yes to this new opportunity. Like how, how did that even look like? Well, I'll start by saying I, I killed a couple plants. Um, I haven't posted that to Instagram yet, Instagram yet, but I did lose a couple plant babies. But um, there before, were some casualties. Casualties. <laughs> I am looking at one right now. I'll send you a picture. But um, as far as family, so when the opportunity presented itself, like I sat down with my husband, and you know, he was like, "Sure, I support you." Like he was like, "I always support you in all of your ventures." You know, when you wanted to sell jewelry, when it, when you wanted to compete, like he's always been like my cheerleader. He's been there. He was like, and so. I know this is something that you wanted to do. The opportunity had presented itself before and you said, no, it's presenting itself again. You need to say yes and take advantage of it. We'll work it out. And then with my girls, like what I, I had to do was be very, very, very intentional. What's going on on their calendar? I put that on the calendar and I work life around it. So like if there was something going on at the studio um, where one or both of us needed to be there, Tasha and I talked very early on, even before we got our permit or anything was signed. Hey, this is a marriage, right? We're we're going to need to be able to have difficult conversations. Um, you know, how are we going to handle that? Like, how are we going to manage all of this? And so this was, we sat on my couch um, one day, drinking some mimosas, eating some berries, and we had conversations on things that are happening in, in my life, things that were happening in her life, um, and then what it was going to look like, because both of us are working full-time, managing a studio. And so, like, we sat there, and we sat there for hours, and we were like, we're going to work this out before anything else happens. And then we both left that conversation feeling really good. We still wanted to do it. Like we we knew everyone's secret. We knew where the bodies were buried. And it was like, yep, yeah, let's do it. Like it, it was still there. Um, and I think having her as a partner has been really good. Um, there is balance. 
we work around each other's schedules. So, hey, I'm on a hill Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Can you cover? Do I need to find someone else? So like there's conversations happening all the time. Sometimes I get tired of talking because I'm always talking, right? And like I was sharing with you before, like I was the person who was never talking. Like I sat in the corner and I watched everyone else talk. And now I find myself saying, Shreer, your, your mouth is still moving. But, um, you know, we we were making it work. You know, um, I used to send because my brain sometimes never turned off. And so I would find myself sending these long text messages. And I was like, this is not fair to her. So then we started setting aside intentional time to meet. So we meet, you know, cover business stuff. And then we also make time that we have friendship time. So like last weekend, we went out, we just sat there, we laughed and cried together. And then we went home feeling really full. Um, so it's just a balance and that constantly seeing what's happening with the personal life, seeing what's happening with the professional life, seeing what's happening with the business, and then just meeting each other there, like always there to support. Um, back in January, I ended up getting COVID. And then she was away on a trip. So I was supposed to be covering while she was on her trip. I got COVID. But because, you know, we have some amazing people in our communities, we've gotten some really great friendships since opening the studio. Everyone covered. My husband was there. He brought the towels home. He washed them every day, took them back, took taking care of me in between. Um, and then another friend of ours, she was there checking people in, opening up the studio, prepping it for us. So that first that 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 week, neither of us was there. It went off without a hitch. And um, like, we're grateful for them. So, um, you know, in addition to our balancing act between us and communicating, we also have like a strong support behind us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that's so wonderful. And I'm so glad you shared that because I think so many times people um, kind of give the impression, like, especially on social media, they'll, they'll make it look like, oh, we're doing this thing. Yeah. And no yeah. one really shows what, what the support or what the scaffolding is around them or beneath them or behind them that makes it possible because sickness happens. I, I also got COVID in January. I think we were like the, yeah. like, Oh, you haven't gotten it yet. Here you go. Um, and like, I know, like, I, I mean, I was out, like, I can't even imagine like running a whole business where you've got teachers and you've got clients coming in and it's new and you don't want to drop the ball. Someone's got to open the doors and do all the logistical things and turn the lights on and make sure the temperature and is set and the floors are mopped and you know, whatever. And to know that you had one, the support of your amazing husband, which in and of itself, that is such a gift. I'm so grateful <laughs> that you have that support. Yeah, seriously, because yeah. it's not something everyone has. Like everyone can't say that, oh, well, I'm sick and my husband's going to show up at my yeah. business <laughs> and like wash the towels. And, right. and you probably didn't even tell him to do it. He was probably like, let me, you know, I'm a, yeah. yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm assuming because like COVID, if you were nearly as sick as I was, or maybe sicker, like <laughs> your brain isn't even fully functioning. Like, I don't know, like what is happening? What day is it? Um, and so that's such a gift and to have a community behind you and, uh, you know, a co-owner that you can communicate with and acknowledge like, yo, this is, this is a marriage and we need to yeah. know how are we going to manage our conflicts? like, like you said, where are the bodies buried? Like we yeah. just, everything needs to be on the table. What can I expect? Yeah. Um, I, it's so important if you're listening to this and you are even considering like, you know, starting something new, birthing anything into the world, a business, a human, a project. Um, it's so important to really take 
take note of what your support can look like. Like, do you have a supportive partner in whatever the venture is? Do you have people that can like lift you up when you, when you fall? Because we're all going to have these moments where, you know, there's sickness or there's loss or there's, you know, vacations even, or time when you just need to step away or you've got a full-time job. Um, so I, I love that. And I haven't, I haven't had a chance yet to come down and visit this gorgeous studio, but I will. And I'm, I'm really excited. Um, and I'm, I'm also wondering too, so if you had this opportunity building your business, it could have been very easy to be like, oh no, I'm going to say no to this other opportunity that I totally forgot that I even applied for. How did you then say, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll say yes to this for a year. That'll be fun. I won't be overwhelmed at all. I Sure, I could sit in five hours of traffic a day, <laughs> not knowing that gas was going to be $150 right. a gallon. Like, <laughs> How did you then have the capacity to say yes to that and see that is also an exciting opportunity where you could have very easily just stay committed and fully focused on the studio and be like, we're just going to make this studio the best thing ever. And this is going to be my full focus. And this is more than enough. Ooh, well, so I think the first thing was, uh, like I said, I don't know if this was before or after we hit record, but um, I felt like overwhelmed. Like, you know, I pray for overflow, you know, all the time, not all the time, but I prayed for it. Like, oh, these are the things that I want. And then like, this last year, God was like, here you go. And so he's <laughs> dumping it on me. And so now that I'm in this, this, this space of overflow, I felt overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like when all the opportunities started to come and I was just like, these are great things, Sharia. Like what's wrong with you? And I was like, I know, but like, how am I going to manage it? And I, I think again, to still follow up on what I said before is having that support. So I spoke to Tasha, my partner. I spoke to my husband. I spoke to my kids. Um, and they said, you'd be crazy not to take this opportunity. And so they were all pushing me and they said, we'll figure it out. And so I think where my final decision landed, even with the support is every step that I've taken um, has been God's part of God's providence. So it's been divine, like all of the things that have happened, even the small things, they worked out even when I didn't know how it was going to work out. And so I looked at that as another opportunity to say, well, if this opportunity was presented to me, because, and I'll tell you a story why I say that, if this opportunity was presented to me, it's for a reason. I'm going to go ahead and walk into it and see what comes out of it. And I say, uh, I said that because the first interview I had was a video call. <laughs> and I think I was so focused on the studio that I didn't prep myself. So like anytime I'm having an interview, anytime something big is happening, like I'm like over preparing and then I'm like super nervous. I'm wet under the arm. And I didn't feel that way about, you know, that particular interview because I told myself, I was like, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I have more time to focus on the studio so much so that I jumped off my bike because like I was doing my workout. And then I looked at the clock. My interview was at nine. It was 8.45. I said, oh, no. So I had to run upstairs. And I was like, I don't have time to take a shower. I got this sweatband on. And I was like, let me just grab a cardigan. I threw on a cardigan, you know, because I think the workout shirt I had on was dressy enough that I could hide it. And then I put some lip gloss on. And I sat down in front of my computer and I had this interview. And I was telling my best friend, I said, you know... I'm usually like 
very prim and proper and how I'm answering questions. I said to her, I said, Teresa, I was just like, I was joking and like, you know, like really relaxed. Like I was like, not my regular Sharia professional self. Like I was just like having a good time. And so I said to her, I said, if they pick me after this interview, then I'm supposed to have it, you know, because, you know, I was telling them a joke about, yeah, you know, I really appreciate having this interview. I was like, my husband applied for this program three times and he never got into it. I said, so I'm excited just to even be here. And so like, I was just relaxed enough to even say something silly like that, where if I'd given myself time, I, I wouldn't have said it. But anyway, they, I guess they like my uh, authenticity <laughs> and invited me back for a second interview. And um, I had the second interview and usually they offer the cohorts for this program is usually 15 to 20 people. Um, but this year they scaled it down really, really small because they said they wanted to offer quality, um, quality uh, fellows over quantity. And so I was one of three from the entire VA and VA is about 350,000 employees. And so just even knowing that I was just like, if I got in, this is where I'm supposed, I'm, I'm going to walk into it. I'm going to walk into it, eyes open, arms wide, and see what happens. And like I said, so far, it's been great. I got into an amazing office, um, great people. I went out to Texas back in February. Um, the weather was 29 degrees there, 70 degrees here. I don't know how that happened. Um, but that, that is, <laughs> that's a switch. <laughs> but it was a great trip. I met so many amazing people. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm excited, you know, to see how the rest of the year goes. Oh, that's so, yeah, that's so exciting. And <laughs> so I, I think it's, I think it's so cool how after a while you start to see the patterns of whether it, whether it be, you know, the truth of, of what we've been taught, you know, in, in a faith system or even in our yogic trainings and all these things like our non-attachment to the outcomes and showing up as ourselves and being authentic is really what gets you the thing, right? (laughs) Whether it's the relationship you want or the job or the whatever, like, and we spend so much time trying to put on whatever mask we assume people want to receive from us. And when we have the opportunity to just kind of step in and be like, oh, well, this is who I am. I just got off my Peloton and I'm just going to like, like not even take a shower and be on this video and laugh and kiki. And you have the opportunity even, um, you know, having a workout before then really releases, you know, those endorphins and the, and the stress. So you weren't necessarily stress sweating. You already were sweating on a bike. So it's like just just to show up as yourself. And then yeah. they said yes out of mm-hmm. 350,000 yeah. options. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for those of you who don't know what the VA is, um, it stands for Veterans Affairs, and it's an agency dedicated to former um, active duty military, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and it's, I'm just, I'm so excited. Like, I, I feel like, and we were just talking before I hit record too, like uh, Sharia and I are both, um, well, I'm walking into 40. She recently crossed that threshold and just being excited about being in this season of our lives and like the joy and the like, you know, the authenticity that kind of comes with stepping into a new decade and having, you know, 
a new opportunity of newness. Like in our 20s and 30s, perhaps it was like the excitement of like becoming parents or getting married and like all those things. And then it's like, ooh, what new things will I get to say yes to in this season? Um, so I, I, I love that you kind of stepped into that saying yes to two really exciting opportunities um, that got to magnify magnify to you like how important it is for you to just be yourself. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so good. So as far as um, becoming a yogi and, and a yoga teacher and eventually a yoga studio owner, mm-hmm. like what brought you to even practicing yoga to begin with? Yeah. So for me, I've always been into some type of movement, right? Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say movement in two parts. Movement where I kept busy, so I'm always doing something, but then movement also from the physical part as well. Um, and so, and, and I'll, I, I'll tell you why I made that distinction in just a moment, but the first part is like, even from high school, I always tried different sports, different activities. And so it, it was just a natural progression for me as I became an adult. You know, I started off enjoying running, you know, no, not many people enjoy running. And then I got into, like you mentioned at the beginning, um, bodybuilding. Uh, so I did that for about three or four years. Oh my gosh, she's such a beast. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, when I said to myself, I'm going to take a break from bodybuilding for a little bit because my family was concerned, Oh, you're losing too much weight. You're too skinny. So I was like, okay, but I need something like I, I need um, something to counter all of the weight that I was swinging. <laughs> um, so I, I had practiced yoga prior to uh, competing and running. And uh, for some reason, oh, no, not for some reason. My Like I said, you know, I'm a Christian. My husband's a Christian. He grew up PAW. And um, so the first yoga class that I took in person uh, was with him. And uh, because of the way he grew up, he said after class, he was just like, "Mm, I don't think you should be doing that. Like they said, oh, and you know, there's releasing spirit. So he spent the rest of the day sending me all these articles on why I shouldn't practice yoga. And so, you know, we were kind of we were fairly new in our marriage. So I just said, nope, I can't practice yoga. And then I ended up, you know, again, years passed practicing it again um, at a studio in Maryland when I was in some training. And then I came home to Virginia and I started practicing it and I enjoyed it initially because I was just like, oh, this is a beautiful scorpion. This is my goalpost. Oh, they're doing handstands. So like it started off as I know the stretching is good for me, but those poses are really cool. I want to learn how to do those. And then the part that usually gets us slipped in. The part where, you know, because I was breathing deeply, I started feeling like, ooh, what's this tightness in my chest? Ooh, what am I feeling? Like, what is my body doing? And so, like, that took me to another place where I was just like, well, I want to learn more about this. And so I did spend some time doing some research and was able to articulate to my husband the science behind it. Like, why why is it beneficial? Like, why do, you know, people or doctors or physical therapists recommend it to their patients? You know, and so I am always reading, looking for information. Like I tell my kids, like, don't don't do something because I say it like don't do something because someone else say it. I want you to fact find and then make a a decision for yourself. And so I had to do that for myself in the practice of yoga. Um, But the thing that really got me to Kishu was when I 
you know, I had practiced for a while and I said, if I practice this for, if I'm consistent for a few years, then I want to go to the practice, uh, go to the teacher training and, um, and learn more and, and become a teacher. And so I went through the teacher training and, um, each time that we practiced together as a group, um, we did the asana, the physical practice, but then we also did meditation. And this one particular week, and each each week the meditation was different. So this particular week it was a transcendental meditation. And um, I remember laying on my mat, me, my best friend, another really great friend of mine that we met in yoga teacher training, we're all in the same row. The music started, the guide say, listen to my voice. The music will just be playing in the background. And I can remember as soon as I laid down, I was floating in outer space, right? I was floating in outer space and the meditation was about unlocking that inner chamber, that door behind your heart. And so like he slowly guided us towards the door. And I remember seeing the light like stream from around the edges of the door. And when he said, open the door, I said, "Mm -mm." I pulled myself out of the meditation. And for like the next 20 minutes, I just laid on my mat. And like in that moment, I was just like, why did you do that? Like I, I couldn't understand And so after we got done with the meditation, everyone was sharing their practice, what it was like, what they experienced. Me, like I said, me, my best friend and the the other friend of ours that was on the road, we all started off in our space floating. They all opened their door. They all were greeted with certain things. And for me, when they got to me, they was like, well, Sharia, what was it like for you? I was like, "Mm -hmm." I was like, I didn't open that door. (laughs) And so, but that, that led to like this whole toppling thing for me. For that rest of the week, I had nightmares on, you know, why couldn't I open the door? And then, like, I can remember, like, in cartoons, how the door expanded and there's balloons and balls and stuff trying to burst out. I was like, what is it that's back there that I need to let go of? And, like, that sent me down a whole path where I had to go through therapy. I was depressed for a while because of the things that were revealed over time, things that Again, I was busy and then I was moving. It was the busy stuff that I kept doing in my life to run away from the the trauma that had happened as a kid. So like I kept burying it and burying it and burying it until finally, like some of the things I forgot and like it all started to bubble up during that teacher training. And so ended up going through therapy and, you know, was on antidepressants for a while. Um, And then, you know, fast forward, I recognize throughout that process that there is deep healing that happens when you practice yoga. Like when you fully immerse yourself in the practice of it and and you understand what you're doing and you've moved past just the physical postures and you're, you're, you're there, like that's where healing happens. And for me, that was the thing that just sold me. I was just like, I want everyone to be healed. Like you get healing and you get healing. And so like, for me, that's what excites me. Um, it's like right now, you know, my community, um, is uh, fairly new to yoga. So like, even when we started the studio, we only started really focusing on pranayama and asana because we don't want to frighten them away yet. Like we want to pull them into understanding what it really means to practice yoga. And so, you know, one thing that we talked about as we move into the next quarter is in now we're going to invite these other pieces of it so that, you know, we, we offer different, um, the different philosophies, you know what I mean? But for me, yoga was totally, uh, in addition to, like I said, therapy and working through it and talking through it and all the other stages that I had to go through, it was totally like, and I'm still peeling back the onion. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Still growing, still learning, learning who I am, um, which is how we were talking about 40. Like I'm at 40 now and I was just like, hmm, okay. And it's just different. And I feel like that just was something that opened my eyes um, to, to be, you know, authentically me. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's been, it's been incredible. Like when I sit back and think about it, cause like even at the beginning when you, you and I started chatting, like I, I don't really trace the lines of everything that's happened in my life. I just look at it by piece by piece, but like looking, I'm like, huh, oh, okay. You are doing all these different things and all these things are happening in my life or have happened in my life. And, and, um, it's, 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 Stuff that I see and I admire in other people and don't even know that it's happening in myself. Like I'm doing the things as well. So um, I don't know. It's it's been cool. It's been it's been amazing um, these last few years. I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like when I cried on your podcast, I was trying to push all that down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> listen, I. This is it's called stay for a reason. Like you know because we do and I just I want to again go back to where you said you you traveled into this journey of yoga just at looking for like a counter movement or practice mm-hmm. to you know doing weight bearing exercises yeah. and being a bodybuilder and um if you're not following Sharia on Instagram follow her scroll down far enough I think she's got some physique pictures on there somewhere that I saw and I'm like holy cow look at this woman um and I I just I love how you know you and I you and I were both were both Christian um as far as like well I was raised with a Christian worldview I you know I have a, a very interesting not really interesting but in in my own journey just kind of yeah. like exploring like the my relationship versus religion mm-hmm. um but I know earlier on in my yoga journey where it was this like people giving me research like look it's the devil and they're trying to make wipe your brain and all <laughs> these things are happening to you and you know take charge over your mind right, and protect right. you you know all these different things um and then it's like the deeper and I don't know if this was the same for you but in my yoga teacher training it really felt like 6 months of group therapy mm-hmm. and I was able to heal so many layers again where like I had stuffed where I had uh where I could I- identify where I had abandoned myself yeah. in in favor of, you know, my work or relationships or whatever path people said that I should be on instead of really feeling into like, oh my God, what is behind the door? And I had a similar experience with like a transcendental man. I'm like, whoa, 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 what door? We're not opening doors. What are we doing? <laughs> I will not be nope. Nope. Black girl, we don't open mysterious doors. I don't care if it's even in my mind. Like, you know, it was just kind of like the, the, these beliefs that we had around, um, you know, the unknown and like, Oh, this is witchcraft or this is magical. And, and instead like it's, it's another tool that, that I truly believe it's another tool that, that God uses to help us access the healing and the layers and to be able to reach, people in so many different ways. Like I, I always find it so interesting when people put God in one box, like, oh, so yeah. you think that like yeah. all these other things that are out there, there was no <laughs> hand in it, like for it all to kind of come to, like they're all tools and it's not yeah. a coincidence that so many belief systems, whether it's yoga or religious belief systems of various sorts around the world have um, similar foundations mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's, I, I love that you shared all of that and that you, you did go down that, that journey of discovery, which, um, you said that you were put on antidepressants. So you had a, uh, a depressive diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anxiety um, and depression. Anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And, and how, how long were you on that journey, like going to therapy and needing to be on antidepressants? So I went to therapy for three years mm. <laughs> and every year I was like, can I graduate? <laughs> and so the first year, um, was not no med- uh, medication. She she would introduce it into conversation, and I was just nah. I got it. I don't need medication. And then, but when year two came around, I was like, I'm still in therapy. <laughs> All right, we'll try it. And so, like towards the end of year two, the beginning of year three is when um, I uh, was having a conversation with my my girlfriend, and she recommended um, another doctor for me to go and see. Uh, and so I did get on the antidepressant, but, um, even when I was talking to her, I was like, I really don't want to take this. I don't think I need this, but everyone keeps saying it. So I'm gonna try it. (laughs) And, um, so I did take it, but like, I've always been, oh, let me see how much of this I can do naturally, you know, versus having to use a prescription. And so I, I used it for a while, but like, um, I, it I know it's not supposed to be something that you enjoy. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. Like it was something that I dreaded doing every day. And I said, well, if this is not what you want to do, you have to do something different. What are you going to do to get yourself out of the bed, to make sure the blinds are open in the morning time, to make sure you're not just, you know, staying in this place? Like, how are you going to pull yourself out? And I had to just like really, really force myself. So one of those things is every day I have to move. Every day I got to get up. Um, move my body. I have to make sure that I'm feeding my, my body the right food. Um, and so my husband, he's really great with that. Cause he will ask me, Hey, did you eat today? And, you know, and then he'll just shove a plate in my face and I'm like, I'm not hungry. And then he comes back and the plate is empty. He was like, you weren't hungry. Huh? I was like, nah, I was nasty. <laughs> so like my family is very involved, um, with saying, Hey mom, how are you today? Like, I think the last two years, two or three years, what I have really enjoyed is the intentional check-in of each person, not just me, but everyone in my house. Like we're always, you know, not that uh, dismissive, how are you? Like an intentional, how are you? Like, how are you doing today? Um, You know, so even with my daughter that's in college, I'll send her a message um, and say, hey, how are you today? And then either she'll call or she'll send me a paragraph long text message, or she said, I'm doing really good. You know, um, so that's something that I've enjoyed Um, but like I said, I started finding the things that I knew or that I know, um, I enjoy doing. Uh, so again, movement, um, sitting down, having conversations with friends, that's something that I found to be very, very helpful. So, um, I try to make sure that I meet a friend at least once a month for brunch or a group of friends. Um, I talk to my mom every day. Um, I don't journal as often as I used to, but I did do journaling, uh, in the evening before bed, I take tea, you know, I have, you know, have a glass of lavender tea, but it's just small, finding those small things, those small moments that I found to bring joy into my life and taking that pill didn't bring joy into my life. Um, and so I had to find natural things getting outside. Like I would stay inside, especially during COVID. Like I would be inside for weeks and my husband's like, this is not healthy. And so I go outside, you know, roller skate with the girls or 
pretend to be a gardener. Um, you know, just I find things that I know um, are healthy for me, things that I will enjoy, things I'm going to explore. And one of the things that I shared on my Instagram last week was that me and my youngest daughter are going to start a pollinator garden. So that's something that we're wow. going to be doing that's going to get us outside, both of us outside of the house. Um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just the small things. So what I'm hearing is you couldn't just say, oh, I don't want to take these pills. Let me just stop taking them and then still do nothing. Right. You really had to be intentional about what taking charge of your own healing process without right. Um, you know, medication would look for you. Now, I'm I'm someone I I have been on medications before in the past, and I'm I'm a huge proponent for people doing what is best for them mm-hmm. um, because you know what is best for you. And if you do make big decisions like I don't want to be on this anymore, it's so important to know again who is my support system, who has my back. What intentional things am I willing to do to, you know, show up for myself every day so that I can get, you know, where I want to be in my mind and in my heart. And so I'm, thank you so much for sharing that because there's so many different perspectives, especially, you know, being a black woman and, you know, being in the church, like we get lots of different messages like, oh, well, you know, you just... God will heal you. You just need some Jesus. So you just like, you know, so if for no other reason, sometimes those medications just kind of give you enough time to get the clarity to sit and say, okay, now that my mind is clear enough to think about what I need for myself, how can I map out this plan without this? And and I found that to be true for myself and for for many others that I've known that that have been or are on medication. So I'm thank you so much for sharing that because sometimes people don't don't want to be open about that part of their journey. But I mean it's 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 real. Like and and this is America. Like a large percentage of us here in this country are (laughs) on are on antidepressant medications and such. Um which really is a larger conversation around expectation in our culture mm-hmm. and you know overworking and all the different things um but it's it sounds like again you have a beautiful support system and that it's the movement and it's the nu- the nutrition mm-hmm. and it's intentionally getting outside and spending time with people that light you up right. and not just trying to be in isolation i can't remember who said it i feel like it was bell hooks i've been reading a lot of her recently um, where they said that that harm, and I'm paraphrasing drastically, but anything that is done um, to us by people outside of us cannot be healed on our own. So right. like yeah. if you're recovering from any level of trauma, which we have all experienced some degree of trauma, big T or little T, it's, it's almost impossible to just heal ourselves by ourselves, to just mm-hmm. be in a silo, to just be locked in our house. And, yeah. and I... It's good that the, you know, things are opening up a, a lot more now in the States, especially because so many people were struggling mentally and emotionally and not having those connections, people who don't have families or don't have expansive communities. And so if you are someone that, you know, that's listening to this conversation and, you know, maybe you don't have a really supportive husband that's going to put food in your face or, <laughs> or daughters who are old enough to check in with you and, and ask how you're doing, how can you seek that out for yourself? Like, how can you, you know, find that one friend that you can be open with and vulnerable with and say, listen, I'm really going through some things. I just really appreciate it. If you can check in with me from time to time and if we can meet for lunch or yeah. 
something um, so that you have some avenue of, of being authentic and open and vulnerable enough to get the healing and support um, emotionally that you need. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. And you know, one thing uh, that I was reminded of, as you said, have that one friend is, you know, even on days and I, you know, my kids or my husband didn't intentionally checked in on me. I, my best friend said, Hey, send me a text message. If this is a day that you're struggling and it doesn't have to be a whole lot, it could just be an emoji. And I think the emoji that we decided that if either of us needed the other, it was like an hourglass. And so like, if I sent her an hourglass, she knew that like, I, I didn't have the words to share, but there was things that was going on and she knew that I needed her. Mm. Um, and so like even finding like a little code that you can send to your friend so they know to check in on you and say, Hey, today is not a good day. Today is heavy for me, you know, and then figure out what is it that that friend needs to do for you in that moment. Um, yeah. I think it would be helpful as well. I love that idea. That's a beautiful idea. I think I'm going to have those conversations <laughs> with my, I have, a, I have a couple friends that, that are a lifelines essentially for me. I think that's, that's a really beautiful way. And even, um, it's probably something that I'll also share with my clients too, because I like my, my new mom clients, mm -hmm. I always say, listen, I don't need any context at all. If you're, yeah. if you're struggling, you can just send me whatever you can, right. whatever, yeah. put time on my calendar. You don't have to pay for it, whatever. Right. Um, because it can be rough. And if you don't have that support system, like I think the theme of this conversation is community, yes. Yes. community and support and communication and not everybody has that. And so if, if you need it, you mm -hmm. know, reach out. And I, I love that you and your best friend have that, that the hourglass emoji. That's, <laughs> that's genius. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like I could just talk to you forever. <laughs> Forever. I feel like we have three years of conversation to keep up oh with. Oh my God. So much to talk about. Um, all right. So we talked about you like running this beautiful new business. You've got this great new opportunity on the Hill. You've got your beautiful family, your girls, you got one in college. Oh my God. I know. And then it's going so fast. And I, I think what I would really love to know now is something that I ask everyone, um, and you've kind of alluded to it here and there, but when, when you need to stay with yourself, what practices do you lean on? And um, how do you stay with yourself when life is challenging or you're being called out of your comfort zone, which I mean, granted, this whole conversation has been a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but is there anything else that, that you lean on? Yes. So um, there's a scripture that says, be still. And so it sounds very simple, but I, I say that because I shared, I move two ways. I move and I keep busy and I keep doing things and I keep doing things and, 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 you know, I'm just running and then I move my body physically because it's what I need for my mental health. And very seldom, even in the practice of yoga, do I allow myself to be still. I move so much that my body just will shut down and say, look, girl, we're done. We're done with you this week. And so what I have done intentionally with myself is recognize those moments that I need to be still. So what it looks like is instead of me jumping out of the bed in the morning time, I lay there for a few minutes. I connect with my breath. I'll do my devotion and my prayer from my bed. I know some people get on their knees, but this works for me. I do my prayer, my devotion, and I start my day slow. So I give that to myself. And then I also end my day that way. I'm still, 
I think about the day, something that I was grateful for, and then I just breathe. And like, that's been, that's been another tool that I've been using, um, you know, to help during this stage of things that have been going on in life is I offer myself the opportunity to be still and to breathe. It sounds super simple. It sounds like, oh yeah, I can do that. But no, it, it has to be very, very intentional. Like when you're, okay, this is, I'm not going to rush out of the bed this morning. I am going to give myself time before I give more to the world. I'm going to lay there. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to open my eyes. I'm going to read, maybe pray. And then now I'm ready to start my day. And I recognize that on the days that I do it, my days are a lot better. On the days that I, I'm maybe five minutes behind and I can't offer myself that day to, that day to me feels like chaos. Mm. So my stay is to start slow and to end slow, kind of like our yoga practice on the mat. We ease into it. We ease out of it. And so that's, that's how I stay. Yeah. Yeah. How you live on the mat is how you live off the mat. Yes. <laughs> it's just, yeah. 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 It's the rhythm. Yeah. Um, I also want to know with you working um, full-time essentially and having the studio, are you still able to teach the way you'd like I to? Teaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I teach. <laughs> so look, if there's a gap on my schedule, something is happening. So um, I teach 6 a.m. twice a week. And then um, I teach Friday evenings, alternating months. And then uh, starting next month, I'll be teaching Saturdays as well. We did intentionally leave the studio closed on Sunday because rest is important. And mm-hmm. so we want to demonstrate that to our community. We're going to take a day to rest. Oh, so you're we closed on Sundays. We are closed on Sundays. Oh, look at you. You yeah. and Chick-fil-A. Oh. Yes. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> We are closed on Sunday and, and, you know, we, we put on a schedule, uh, meditation or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's important. Like i I feel like the culture may be moving towards rest and, and knowing that it's like beneficial, but I feel like for so long, I'm like, you know, hustle hard or go home or whatever those catchphrases were like, yeah, you know, those toxic, dead. toxic, yeah, like, harmful things. Exactly. <laughs> no. So, you know, rest is productive. Rest is mm-hmm. important. Rest is needed. Like I, we can't pour from an empty cup. We cannot pour from an empty vessel. We need time to reset and then start over on Monday. So we are closed on, on Sundays um, and I rest on Sundays. So, yeah. yeah, but Monday through Saturday, there's a gap on my schedule. <laughs> it might be filled with something. Yeah. So yes, I am teaching. I am yeah. teaching. Mm-hmm. And, and I, think it's, I think it's important to note too, it depends on what you're filling the gaps with, right? Because- yeah. The, the things that you are filling your gaps with, it's not just stuff that is like busy. Right. It's like your children and your plants and teaching, yes. you know, a practice that you love. And so like, I, like, I don't want people to hear this like, oh yeah, just do the right. most. Like, no, if you've got gaps, like how are the, the things that you're putting in those gaps, mm-hmm. are they things that are feeding you and adding yeah. you joy, adding joy to your life or, um, you know, even years to the end of your life, perhaps. Um, so I just finished the atomic habit. And one of the things he talked about was that, uh, habit stacking. Mm-hmm. And so he said, you link habits with other things. Right. And so one of the things that I would do, speaking of like gaps in the schedule, one of the things that I would do in my evening as a part of my wind down was, Oh, let's see what's on Netflix. So what I've replaced watching Netflix with is reading. 
So instead of turning on the TV, because I have this goal of reading a certain number of books, and I was just like, I never have time to read anymore. Well, Sri, if you didn't spend three hours watching all of this season of whatever, you know, series, <laughs> you should have finished a book. And so that's what we do now. We take I feel each- judged. Oh, no, so I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't spend nearly as much time as I used to on exactly. Netflix. So I take away TV time and I, I allow it to be reading time, you know, and so um, that, that's, you know, to go along with being intentional about what you're filling those gaps with. Like, am I filling it with, you know, more stuff on TV or am I like feeding my soul with something um, that, you know, I'm might help me create a better habit. <laughs> yeah. Or like your goal. Like yeah. if your goal was to, I mean, I mean, that's, that's like time budgeting, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and one, one thing I love and hate about like, uh, you know, the iPhones and the Instagram and all that, like it tells you how much of your oh. time you've spent <laughs> on social media or how, and I'm like, holy cow, what could I yes. have done with those six hours yes. last week? Yes. Right. <laughs> and sometimes it's because the app is open in the background. I'm like, I know I didn't spend that much time. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is, you know, just like doing your financial budget, like, whoa, mm-hmm. I spent a hundred dollars on fast food this month. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize. So it's like all mm-hmm. those tiny little pieces of time. Exactly. And if you reallocate that, I love that. Cause I, mm-hmm. I, I found that I had to do the same for myself this year. Cause I have a lot of books that I need to read, yeah. um, whether it just be for pleasure or, you know, to get certain certifications, like there's, there's a stack and the, I can't read them if yeah. I'm scrolling Instagram or yeah. talking on the phone about <laughs> God knows what with people that I don't even want to talk to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I, I love that you, I, I also uh, read Atomic Habits last year. Yeah. And by read, I mean, listen to on Audible. That's exactly uh, what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> because on my commute to DC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I listen to audiobooks when I'm when walking the dog or, um, if I'm doing just like a, if I'm just moving just to move, I'll listen mm-hmm. to an audio book instead of music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love that. I love that. Okay. <sighs> so how can people, because I know that so many people have wanted to know who you are now, <laughs> like, tell me where do I find her on Instagram? You've mentioned her Instagram several times. How can people find you? How can people work with you? What have you got coming up or going on? We mentioned the yeah. retreat, like people are going to love you listening to this. So how can people <laughs> connect with Sharia more? Uh, so I am on Instagram. Um, the, so the Instagram that you reference is my personal page. I stopped posting my my uh, my workout stuff there, uh, which is Sheree Oliver. That one's private now. I only post my kids there. Oh, so, so. that one's just for me, y'all. So, <laughs> <laughs> but my one that is open is Sharia Oliver Yoga, and my name is spelled S H A R E I A Oliver Yoga. So that's where I am on social. Um, and then I do, yeah, like Takesha said, have a retreat coming up. My very first retreat this year. Again, it just happened. And then I said yes. So that's going to be in Panama City, Panama. It's eight days, seven nights. It's going to be so much fun. Um, so if you want to come and hang out with me on the beach, go snorkeling and, you know, do some sun salutation to the sunrise, you know, 
that link is in the bio on my uh, Instagram, and it's also on my website, shriaoliver.com. And I'll, I'll link that in the show notes as well as her Instagram as well, so you all don't have to go digging. Um, yeah. And I realized, I was like, oh, we mentioned the the retreat. No, we didn't. We mentioned it before I hit record. And I was like, holy cow, you've got all this exciting stuff happening. Um, and this is like, again, she just said this is her first yoga retreat. And I'm like, whoa, all these firsts, like your yoga studio, your like oh my gosh the year of 40 people get excited (laughs) if you're not there yet it's there's a lot to be gained all right um so click check out the show notes all these links will be available there um sharia is a phenomenal teacher um and guide and just an incredible human so you would be remiss to not be a part of this um and anything else um, I think we, I think we circled back on. I mean, we talked about a lot in like pre-record. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, we talked about a lot in this time. Um, and we might have to. I might have to have you come back on to, to talk yeah. some more because I. I know some people might even be curious about the logistics of like, what does your actual day look like with yeah. all these things? Yeah. Like you've got yeah. kids and activities and you've got the job. And and so I just, I feel like that in and of itself can be a whole conversation about like, how are you mapping out these days? Because I've got one kid who's just started lacrosse. My yoga studio is virtual and I'm not working 40 hours a week. Like yeah. I, yeah. And trying not to feel stretched, right? So, yeah. yeah. So if that's something y'all want to know about too, let me know. Because I'm usually, I'm, I'm really about the logistics. Like, okay, so yeah. when you wake up, after you've moved slow, you've mm-hmm. done the devotion, all this, then, then what? Um, so, <laughs> and then I go. <laughs> I know. Put on your blinders and just right. get, get through the day. And I love that the things that you're getting through in the day are the things that are filling you up. And that yeah. is what I am celebrating yes. so much. More joy, more authenticity, yes. and more community. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if you are. It's, life has been really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been good. Oh my gosh. And if you're in the Fredericksburg, King George, Virginia area, check out her yoga studio, 1126 Yoga. Yes. yes. Um, and yeah, take her class, take all the teachers. I Y'all are getting new teachers all the yeah. time. I'm like, oh, we got another new teacher. Look yeah, at this. Yeah, yeah. If I was closer, because I, I was like, oh, I want to teach you. I'm like, an hour almost. Yeah. But we've, we've got to do something in the future yeah, for sure, because I, I miss teaching in person. And I we have such a wonderful community of people, of yogis, yeah. of, of souls in this region. So thank yeah, you. I, I said on a my Instagram recently, because uh, I had a teacher, uh, she lives in Saf- Stafford. Um, she came out to teach a, a, a workshop. And so I shared that post on Instagram. And I say, when I grow, I'm taking all my peoples with me. And I don't care what it looks like. So come on with me, Takesha. <laughs> so, you know, she's now coming out once a month to offer a class. I have another friend that reached out. He'll be coming out once a month. And so maybe we can get you out there too. Yeah. Oh, I'm here for it. I am so here. Let's let's get a, a meeting on the books. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for carving out time and space for me and for this this social experiment that I'm doing here and having so much fun with this podcast. Um, thank you for sharing your heart and your voice and your life with my listeners. And You're welcome.
you have the very best day. Thank you. Thank you.